Hey there, Ralph Garman here. Thanks so much for checking out this free edition of The Ralph Report. If you like what you hear, do me a favor. Subscribe to The Ralph Report so we can put some fun in your ears five days a week. And you can listen for as little as $3 a month. So subscribe today so you don't miss out on any of the fun. Go to patreon.com slash The Ralph Report and sign up. Welcome to The Ralph Report with Ralph Garman. Well, hello there, boys and girls. I'm worried about you. You washing your hands? Everybody taking care out there? We live in strange times, boys and girls. <laughs> and that's why we're here for you. To spend an hour together uh, cowering in fear and then periodically uh, coming up for air and having a couple laughs. Wash your hands every two hours. Let's do it together, shall we? All right. Welcome to the Ralph Report for a Wednesday. It is the hardest day of the year. It is March 18th, the day after St. Patrick's Day. And sure, you may be saying to yourself, but Ralph, all the bars there in Los Angeles are closed. You couldn't possibly have overindulged on St. Patrick's Day. Ha! I say to you, oh, ye of little faith. <laughs> You don't know how much booze. If if booze was toilet paper, I'd be the richest man in America right now. You're overstocked. I am well covered in the booze department. For I could stay here for a year and not be sober. Not go dry. Not go dry. Yeah. You've cleaned up very well after the uh, party you had in here yesterday. Well, they it were... was, took a team of people. It was like a pit crew came in here to get the empties out. And, uh, and those are, I'm talking about the people. Yeah. yeah the people that were empty inside where it counts in their souls <laughs> and also the garbage but uh, we have recovered it is the day after saint patrick's day i hope you had a uh, you managed to find some joy in the holiday yesterday if you're a person who celebrates we know eddie doesn't no it's just for it's just for the party no one cares about saint patrick i don't fucking heathen is the snake handling i am your old podcast pal ralph garman sitting here in the bat cave with me is the heathen himself, the vice host, <laughs> Mr. Eddie Pence. Hey, everybody. Yo, ho, Eddie. Studio audience still here with us. They're not giving <laughs> no. up. They're all spread out. They're all six feet apart. Yes, they're all in masks. But they're all here. Got a great show for you today, kids. Because on the counter, you want to know why? Well, first of all, it's Wednesday. And on Wednesdays, we do a deep dive into a classic smash hit single that was performed by a band that was never quite able to recapture that glory again. It's one hit wonder Wednesday, reaching back to the 70s for Ooh. this one. I don't know if you'll even know this song. Yeah, you probably Maybe. will. It's been on a ton of soundtracks oh, and stuff have. like that. So you probably know it. Um, I think Allison wrote in and she asked for it, and I thought it'd be uh, fun to take a look at that. Also, all the entertainment news, we have you guys, the Garmy, reaching out as well. It's never been more important than right now for the Garmy to be not only reaching out to me, but out to each other as well. And I know a bunch of folks are on that Discord app having a good time. I gave you the link for that. And uh, don't forget, this Sunday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, it's not standard, right? We were because we're in. I think uh, we're just in regular. We're well, standard daylight time, right? We're not in daylight saving time, aren't right? we? I don't. I don't fucking God damn it! It's nine o'clock here. It's just nine a.m. Whatever your clock iPhone says. So go figure out what time that's going to be for you, depending on where you live, and then you can uh, dial us up here on the live stream event that we'll be doing. It's myself, Eddie Pence, Carrie will be on hand, and that's it. And we'll all be six feet away from each other. 
<laughs> but we're doing a little bit different this uh, this time around. This uh, this one off. Because we said to ourselves, we said, it's kind of important now for the Garmy to be together. So usually the live stream event is just for the three and four star generals. But we're opening it up to the entire Garmy this time around. One, two, three, and four star generals will all get access to the live stream events so that you guys can all be with us and also with each other in the chat room as we answer questions and talk about what's going on in our world. And uh, we usually have a pretty good time. I'm sure this one will be a little bit more somber than usual given the circumstances, but we'll do our best to keep it light as we will today because that's what we do here on the Ralph Report. Try to give you a little bit of a respite, a little break from the uh, crushing news. And here in Los Angeles, the crushing weather has just been gray and rainy and cold. Yeah, that hasn't helped. Not at all. My, no. my mental health has taken a beating. And then you get the sniffles from the weather change. You're like, oh, no. That's it. It's all you don't know what it me. is. And Eddie, like the douchebag, keeps going into work. He keeps what? going into an office building, which is, I'm sure, is teeming with not only COVID-19, but probably 1 through 18 as oh, well. All of the all the COVIDs. And then he comes marching into the Batcave with a cloud around him like Pigpen from the Peanuts <laughs> cartoons. It's just, you can see it in the air. I can actually see the virus surrounding him. Well, luckily, there's no one at the building. They've, they've narrowed it down to essential personnel, which I am apparently one of them. But the morning show that works out of that place over there, they took the day off. They weren't yeah, working. Yeah, we're still working. You guys are nuts. We're, I got to work. And you're a sports talk show. NFL free agency is huge There's right nothing now. to talk about. Oh, really? Go home. Tom Brady going to the Buccaneers isn't going to be a huge story. You think he's going to the Buccaneers? That's where I think he's going. Really? Yeah. There's no way he's going to play for the freaking Buccaneers. not going to the Buccaneers. Patriots. I know that. Who's he going to? I don't know, but it's not going to be the Buccaneers. The Chargers or the Buccaneers? That's it's be it. The Chargers, because he's already set up a production company mm. here in Hollywood. He wants to make movies. So, what better way for him to to move to to Bel Air or yeah. get a giant mansion and then just make his movies and then dabble in it's football? It's one of those with two teams. It's the Chargers. One of those. You know, uh, it's funny with Tom Brady. Real quickly, we don't do a lot of sports on this show, but uh, with Tom Brady leaving. The New England Patriots. Eddie Pence, do you have any guess as to what team was the last team to oh, beat God, Brady and Belichick really in the Super Bowl? What team? Do you have any idea what city's team would be the the last team that beat the Brady-Belichick-era Patriots in the Super Bowl? Any guesses at all? Yeah, I have a guess. Do you? Yeah, I do. I don't, I don't, I'm not hearing a guess. I thought maybe you'd want to guess out loud. Philadelphia. I'm sorry. One Philadelphia. Philadelphia. What a singular honor that is yeah, to have been great. the last team the that end. actually beat the Patriots. You ended the dynasty? The is that what you're Bowl. saying? Well, we, we fucked it up. We didn't end it, but we fucked it up pretty good. <laughs> All right. Hold on to it forever. Before we get to the rest of the show, we do kick things off. We kind of have to. It's the biggest story in the world, literally. We try to give you our spin on it, maybe look at it from a couple different angles, but it is time to talk about a little bit about the coronavirus. Uh, we've got a brand new jingle, by the way, for this segment, brought to us by our own Gilbert Flores, mm, the genius Gilbert. who puts this show together for us. He whipped this up, and uh, I think it's pretty appropriate for this topic and, more importantly, this show. Right. Oh, hey, Gilbert's got some talent. Yeah, he does. 
science rules. <laughs> All right, you've seen the videos by now, I'm sure, online of people uh, fighting each other in the aisles for toilet paper. Yes. Did you see that one with that old woman desperately trying to hold on to, like, a four-pack? Yeah. And there was this big, beefy, gross-looking woman who had a cart full of toilet paper in front of her mm. trying to wrestle the toilet paper out of the old woman's hands. I hate people. I hate people. People had to come to her rescue in order to keep this giant woman from uh, knocking over this old lady. And yet they're all touching each other. Oh, <laughs> Which makes total sense. Let's just all touch each other, but we have toilet paper. As you know by now, toilet paper is the new currency. Ugh. Apparently we've got left the gold standard, and now we're on the toilet paper standard. <laughs> I don't want to live in this world. Because people are just going to have the endless shits God. in their future. It's just... It's mind-boggling. Well, the toilet paper manufacturers aren't the only people benefiting from this. This won't come as a surprise to you, Eddie Pence, but because that toilet paper is such a premium right now, yeah. the bidet business is booming. Oh, yeah. People <clears throat> investing bet. now in bidets. Yeah. It's clean. There weren't, those aren't cheap, by the way. No. To get a bidet. Well, can you and get, like, the attachment, though, yeah, that hooks onto the toilet? Up and then you stick a hose from, a, like, a, a water source into it, and you put it on the rim of your toilet seat. But that's pretty janky. It's that's janky. Not, that's not a bidet proper. No. It's not a... You, I don't have the room in my bathroom for a bidet. Bio Bidet, one of the top-rated bidet companies in the business, by the way. Mm -hmm. Their sales are skyrocketing as people are struggling to find toilet paper. BioBidet says they saw over $250,000 in sales in a 24-hour period after the outbreak. Wow. Those figures are just from the Amazon transactions alone on Amazon.com. Now, that's the one you're talking about. That's the $59 one that you just connect you to your on. water supply and you put it on the rim of your seat and it kind of half-ass flushes your ass. But <laughs> it's not like a proper bidet. No. A good bidet is like, oh, oh, what's <laughs> invading me? That's how you know it's really working. You feel a little invaded. It's like a colonoscopy. A couple other companies are also doing well. Brondell, a bidet manufacturer, has seen sales spike close to 10 times their norm. Oh, my God. And, of course, Tushy. 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 The bidet company. It's a little on the nose, I think. Isn't it Tushy? <laughs> their sales Touché. have also roared. No, it's T-U-S-H-Y. It's Tushy. It's okay. Tushy. All right. they've, uh, they've had their sales go uh, 10 times their usual and double over what they hmm. were a year ago. I've never so. used a bidet. Really? I've never used a bidet. Oh, Eddie. I don't I don't frequent places that have bidets. I've never stayed at a hotel with a bidet. You've never went even how about a rest a fancy a fancy restaurant in a fancy hotel? Never seen no, one of those? I don't go to fancy restaurants. Well, of course you I don't, don't live that lifestyle. No, because you order up the children's menu. What possible difference could it make where you eat? <laughs> oh, I had, I've never had the luxury of a bidet. You know what? Uh, my wife and I splurged a little bit when we went on our honeymoon. That was money money well spent, by the way. Um, <laughs> That's a good investment. So we went to this fancy schmancy hotel in Hawaii. Oh, okay. And they had a bidet. They only had, they not only had the bidet. They had the uh, Toto toilet. The uh, to oh, I've heard that's amazing toilet from the future. I've heard the Toto is a... which has a like a remote control that puts the seat up and down. It warms the seat it too. Warms the yeah. seat and it has a bidet built into it. Wow! So you could wash and dry. By the way, you got it the bidet blows air up your and ass. Then it got the warm air really? to dry your ass off. So you don't even need to dry your ass after the bidet. Oh. That's not the. I don't have that. I lifestyle. almost, I almost got an annulment at that point and proposed to the <laughs> toilet. That's how much I loved that toilet. <laughs> so and that was my only one experience with a oh, bidet. But I, it was I want to experience with a bidet. Pretty spectacular. And also in uh, coronavirus news, 
I don't know if you've seen the uh, posts on Facebook, but they're saying that the people who are really hurting during this pandemic are the folks who make Corona beer. On mm. Facebook, they've been claiming that the U.S. sales have dropped because of the coronavirus and everyone is refusing to drink Corona beer. Now, that's on Facebook. Now, you're going to find this hard to believe, but not everything you read on Facebook, Eddie, no. is true. You can't get valid news sources on Facebook? Yeah. Constellation Brands, the people who produce Corona, have come forward with their public relations team saying, guess what? That viral Facebook post is fake news, in the words of our esteemed oh, leader. Yes. That, in fact, Corona beer sales have not suffered in the face of the pandemic. And I, I, I take comfort in that because I know Americans are stupid. Yes. But I don't think even Americans are that stupid. Yeah, we all know we're we're dumb, but we don't want to believe what we're this stupid. Right. If if you're a person who enjoys Corona beer, I can't imagine for a moment anyone would say, "Well, I can't drink that now because of the virus." That's where the virus comes from. So uh, fear not, we're not quite that dumb. Despite what you read on Facebook, it turns out that Corona's beer sales are actually up about four percent from where they were last That's year. Well, yeah, because people need to get loaded to uh, <laughs> to survive this. And Corona, by the way, never had much of a presence in international markets anyway, like China. So it's not like they're right. worried about what, what people are drinking over there. Well, people are dumb. I met a woman, though, that thinks Lyme disease comes from eating limes. I swear <sighs> to God. Who is this woman? It's a, She was a mother on one of Colton's flag football teams. I would like to put the show on pause, <laughs> and I want you to show me where she lives, and I want to knock on the door and have a conversation. We were leaving the field, and Tracy pointed to a lime tree like, oh, I'm going to go grab some limes, because she always likes to grab free fruit wherever you can find sure, it. Sure, who doesn't not? like some free and fruit? And she was like, don't touch those, you'll get Lyme disease. And Tracy was like, I started laughing, thinking the woman was joking. Wow. Woman was not joking. She thinks Lyme disease comes from limes. But wow. so Americans are this stupid. Yeah. We are this stupid. I maybe they are stupid, but when it comes to getting loaded over their fear, they're then, yeah, able they'll, to they'll, they'll take loaded over. They'll say, I am willing to risk the coronavirus because that frosty corona right. looks so good. But could you imagine putting anyway. a lime in a corona? Oh my God. You're gonna get Lyme disease and coronavirus. Double down. It's all over at that point. <laughs> terrible. By the way, if you're drinking Corona, if that's your beer of choice, you got bigger problems than the coronavirus <laughs> anyway. Seriously. <laughs> Come on, let's all face it. Cinco de Mayo, it's acceptable. Uh, maybe a hot day at the beach when uh, there's no ice water around. It's practically the same thing. You could just guzzle down a Corona. <laughs> all right, so there's our update. Now it's time for us to be there for each other. I'm here for you right now, and you're there for me. Every time I go to the Ralph Report hotline, it's so simple to use. If you want to leave me a voicemail message, all you got to do is dial up the Ralph Report hotline phone number. By now, you know it. It's one eight three three. Hi, Ralph. I listen to them all, and then I grab a handful, and I put them here usually at the top of the show in a segment called Garmy on the Line. The telephone is ringing. The garbage's on the line. Ross gonna play your calls now and see what's on your mind. Oh, Tabitha is up first. First of all, how much do you love the name Tabitha? It's a great name. It's a sexy name. Sexy <laughs> as hell. <laughs> You need to meet a Tabitha now. I do, a Tabitha. That's what you should look for. The only Tabithas I think I know are the daughter of uh, Darren 
and Samantha Stevens on Bewitched. Yeah. Their kid was named Tabitha. You don't Tabitha. see many Tabithas nowadays. Other than that. No. Mostly when you're perusing the porn aisle. No. <laughs> Not that anyone does that anymore. No. It used to be in the day when you go to the video store and you go to the back room behind that curtain, yeah. you just go down rows and there would be like a bunch of Tabithas in a row. Yeah. I just equate Tabitha with sexy. It is sexy. Reason. It's a sexy name. Just don't go with Tabby. Don't make that your nickname. <laughs> it's <laughs> you weird. just ruined it if you go with Tabby. Tabby? It's not like cola. Yeah. <laughs> but it's weird now. You have to. You don't You don't risk uh, shame or embarrassment anymore with porn. It's all delivered to your house now. You're I just, know. You don't, you don't get that risk anymore. It takes that, a little thrill out of it, it for does, me. It does. A little yeah. bit. I used to like a, I really shouldn't be back here. Yeah. This is naughty. Yeah, you try to get past that curtain. Really I'm so fast. naughty. <laughs> have you ever? Well, you probably have. What? I've been to porn stores. Have you been to porn stores? Like yes. adult boutiques? Yes. Have you ever gone into the arcade? I have. Oh, Eddie Pence. I have. You minx. <laughs> I never would have guessed in a million years that you'd be a naughty boy oh, who would did. go into the the arcade. It was a filthy experience. It's it's gross beyond words. Don't yes. get me wrong, but <laughs> you got to have that experience yes, once in your you life. Absolutely, do of going to the danger zone yeah. where all the dirty movies are playing in booths that have doors and they lock and you, you press can a hear, button and you get you different, hear the different channels. audio of other people's mm. porn that they're watching. Yeah. You know what they're doing. <laughs> You know what they're doing. You don't even know what you're... Oh, it's it's dis thinking now how disgusting it was to go in that room. I know what they're doing. Oh. Don Garondi. Yeah. yeah. And I knew there. what the guy was doing in the booth before I walked in yep. there. Because I, I, I needed a blowtorch to get my shoes off the floor <laughs> after I left. But that's the kind of experience I'm talking about. I like my porn a little dirty. I yeah. like I like the whole experience to be a little seedy. Yeah, gotta I don't be, like it to be too clean. It's got to be a little shame involved. Yeah. A little I wanna, bit. I want to feel a little dirty by the time the whole process is over. <laughs> All right. Now, poor Tabitha. She called in to leave us a lovely, lovely message, and I've gone off the rails. Yeah, we're in arcades. Uh, I've used her jizz. name to, to send me down a dark, dark path. Tabitha, I apologize. You left such a lovely message, and I've just sullied it with my with my dirty mind, and I apologize, but uh, thank you so much for your phone call. It was lovely. Hey, Ralph. Tabitha from Riverside, two-star general here. I just had to pause today's show and give you a call. <laughs> that intro just had me laughing, and that's definitely something we need in these times right now. Um, I've been with this show since day one. You and Eddie have been such a light in these dark times, so I really just appreciate everything you guys do, and uh, keep up the good work. Love you. Mean it. Bye. Thank you, Tabitha. She was so sweet, and was I was nice. so crude before we, I introduced well, her. I, I didn't know we were going to. I didn't I know didn't, what the message I was. I knew, and I still lost my mind. I apologize <laughs> profusely, Tabitha. I'm going to make it up to you somehow. I'll send you a sticker or something. Great send name, me an though. email. Great name, though. Send me an e Great name. Uh, yeah, uh, she's referring, of course, to our big uh, St. Patrick's Day party yeah. yesterday, and that was off the rails. It's a banger. So I uh, hope everyone enjoyed that. Speaking of the coronavirus, yesterday we also touched base a little bit on the um, people working in mass transit. There's there's heroes everywhere you look mm -hmm. in this disaster. It is, if there's any, I don't know if there's anything good coming out of it, but if there's any positive aspect of it i think it has changed the way we look sometimes at our fellow citizens and sometimes jobs we may look at as not being menial but maybe less than yeah we recognize what a crucial part of our society they are and what a what a what a function they serve they, they keep, keep society us, moving keep us all yeah. going and so we talked about um the transit uh, workers up there in toronto we had a caller who called in 
And uh, this gentleman brings up another unsung hero that needs to be sung right now. Not that part. Well, we also have to worry about our cashiers at the supermarkets. They're they're getting the full brunt of it. I mean, everyone's going shopping right now, and everyone's exchanging money, cards, putting their little fingers on the keypad for the for the transactions, and our cashiers are right there, right in the front lines, almost as much as nurses, probably even more. Yes. Yes, I agree with you, sir. The folks who are working in the market, uh, supermarkets and grocery store industry right now are, I can't imagine what they're going through, quite frankly. I can't. Like I said, I said this the other day or yesterday when I was driving into work, there was lines going into Trader Joe's and the grocery store. And I'm like, these people, there's people in there working that have to deal with all of these people going in there and hoarding stuff and going, you can't take that many. You can't do this. And then exchanging money with them and touching. It's just, yeah. Ugh. Beyond the potential for exposure, which is already terrifying. I heard from a listener uh, speaking of this, sent me an email and she didn't want to be identified. And I don't blame her uh, because she works for a major chain. And she was saying that the toll on their mental health, the folks who are working at these grocery stores is immeasurable. Yeah. Because they're catching nothing but grief and anger and screaming. And she said she was a cashier. She was working the register. And she literally broke down in tears because she couldn't take all of the pressure and the anger and the hostility and the 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 uh, how anxious everybody was. She said that's it, really starting to uh, to affect oh, I went to the – I was at the grocery store a couple nights ago. This is before, like, everything really hit the fan. And there's a Starbucks in the, in the grocery store. So I just went to Starbucks to get, like, a, 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 a coffee or whatever. And the guy was like, are you here to buy groceries? Like, no, I'm just going to get a coffee. He's like, oh, thank God. I'm like, why? He's like, because everybody keeps coming here trying to buy their groceries. And I tell them I can't. And they're all screaming at me. Mm. They were, he was like literally browbeaten from uh, everyone trying to buy their groceries at the Starbucks checkout. Look, I know I can't talk everyone out of being insane and hoarding food and, and perishables and paper products, which is all completely unnecessary and is doing nothing but exacerbating the problem. But if you must go to the market, if you have to go through that process, do me a personal favor and just show some kindness to the people who are working there, yeah. people who are restocking the shelves. They say by 11 o'clock, meat, dairy, paper goods, everything's gone, already gone. gone. Everything's gone. And then they got to go through it all over again the next day. And so just try to show some kindness to those people because they are going through hell. And uh, I can't even imagine. my heart really goes out to them. You know, the one thing about the show that I... Uh, I hate to say pr- I'm proud of, but I, I think it's it's a nice aspect of the show. You don't get on a lot of other goofy shows like this one. We try to impart some knowledge throughout the show. Yes, you do. For yes. as little as 15 cents a day, you can get a little bit of an education yes. every time you listen to the Rob I try Report. to counterbalance that. Yes, you do. Thank God. <laughs> Thank God we grade on a bell curve here. <laughs> um, but I am also thrilled when I get to learn from members of the Garmy, like Dwayne, he called in. We were talking yesterday about four H-bombs that dropped out of a B-52 bomber yes. in the 60s, landed in Spain. One of them exploded and... He said two went off. One two went off. One uh, irradiated an area of a square mile in this little fishing village in Spain. And we were scratching our heads saying, if it, if it exploded, how could it be that contained the radiation? Well, luckily, Dwayne listens, and he's smarter than us, and he's got the explanation. Hey, Ralph. It's Dwayne in Nashville. I was listening to today's Ralph report, and you were talking about the hydrogen bombs that were dropped in Spain, and you were talking about the one that detonated uh, and that you and Eddie had never heard of it. 
if it had actually detonated like it was designed to, you would have heard of it. Uh, a hydrogen bomb has a yield of hundreds of times that of the Hiroshima bomb. Um, so it would have been a historic thing. But those bombs are filled with conventional explosives. That's what they use to actually cause the chain reaction. Uh, when the bomb hit the ground and impacted, the explosives, the traditional explosives, broke it apart. It didn't detonate properly, but what it did was blow the radioactive material apart. The plutonium got scattered over a large area, and that's what caused all the damage. That's actually what people are referring to when they call something a dirty bomb. We're afraid of a terrorist using a dirty bomb. They're using conventional explosives to disperse that radioactive material because plutonium is unbelievably poisonous, not only radioactive, but it's toxic. So if you use that to just blow the dust into the air, you can do a world of damage without even actually causing a nuclear explosion. And that's what happened in Spain. I just thought I'd let you know. I uh, love you. Mean it. Bye. So there you go. Oh, we okay. lucked out that it was a shitty bomb. Just ended up being a dirty bomb. Yeah, just ended up blowing plutonium all over the place, but didn't actually engage in the chain reaction that creates the, uh, Oof, the atomic bomb. hundred times more than Hiroshima. Yeah, we Oof. would have wiped Spain off the map yeah. with an accident. God. So we lucked out. Wow. Yeah. Um, I hope he's on our side, Dwayne, by the way. Yes. He seems to have a lot of knowledge. <laughs> a little too much. I'm hoping he's one of the good guys. A little too much got knowledge. A little, I got a little sweaty there towards the end of his call. <laughs> Rich called in. Unfortunately, I don't know if I can answer this question. Maybe you can, Eddie Pence. Hey, Ralph. This is Rich. Uh, I believe it's the restart general from Boston. Yes. Um, so I'm taking advantage of this quarantine to, uh, to watch Star Trek. Yeah. And I had a question for Roland. I don't know if he's taking questions. No, so I watched here. the first episode of the 1966 series, and I'm a little confused. Uh, so there's a Captain Pike. Yes. And, and now there's Captain Pike. And then in the new Star Trek Discovery series, there's also a Captain Pike. Mm -hmm. Are they the same people? Or is it is Discovery, like, take place before the original? Uh, if Roland can answer my question, that'd be great. LMB. All righty. Well, you know Trek. I know Trek. Yeah. I know Trek pretty well. <laughs> I'll take a stab at it. Um, Captain Pike. Wait, let me get this straight. Hold on a second. Just oh, please hold you on a here. second. It's, before you foul this up and ruin this magical moment, mm. can I please step up and give the proper information to this poor man so that you two don't butcher it? What? I don't even know why you're here. We're supposed to be social distancing. Well, I... I call. I come when I'm needed. I'm like Batman. You're not needed. If you put the signal in the sky, I will show up. <laughs> What's that signal look like? It looks like a pair of glasses and a retainer. <laughs> so let me explain it to you, Rich. Yes, yes, yes. The Christopher Pike that you're seeing in Discovery is the same character as Captain Christopher Pike from the original Star Trek series. Captain Christopher Pike was the captain of the Enterprise before Captain Kirk. It's in 2252, to be exact. Mm. That's when he was the captain of the Enterprise. Okay. In the first pilot of the original series, Captain Pike was the Enterprise captain. And then in the second pilot, Captain Kirk took over yes. as the captain. 
Now, here's the thing. The, captain Pike was the second captain of the Enterprise. <laughs> there was a first captain even before Pike. Really? Cap I didn't know that. Oh, see? You don't know Trek. I, well, I don't. Captain April. Oh, April. Captain April was the first captain of okay. the USS Enterprise. And... Yes, he is now the temporary commander of the USS Discovery on that Star Trek series. And that series takes place in between the first pilot, the cage, all the way through until the episode known as the Menagerie in the original series where Captain Pike has been debilitated by radiation poisoning. It can only boop, boop. It can only answer things with a, with a light flashing. Ah, okay. So, yes, but it is the same Captain Christopher Pike. And now, Rich, you have gotten proper information that you absolutely were right to ask me and not these two dullards. So this this story is going to run parallel to the original Star Trek series. What did I just say? I, I just clarified. This takes place after the first episode. Pilot. pilot and then, but running parallel but with... Kirk, okay. in the timeline, doesn't take over the captaincy of the Enterprise until 13 years after Pike's initial oh, appearance. Oh, see, I didn't know there was a 13-year gap. Oh, my God. I'm sorry. So, this takes place in a similar timeline, but we feel it is pre-Kirk because Spock has already made appearance on Discovery. Ah, okay. Any other questions? No, I'm good. Then Thank my you. work here is done. It is. And now it's time for me to wash my hands because I have no idea where you two have been. So I need to go now. All right, Roland. Thank you so much for stopping by. It just, it's very strange. <laughs> now I got to wash that door now yeah. because I don't yeah. know where his hands are. I don't know been. where he's, I know where he's been yeah. himself. And uh, lastly, Jen called in yesterday, as we mentioned, was St. Patrick's Day. Eddie Pence uh, hmm? shat all over What I shat on? You were being disrespectful mm. to St. Patrick. It's not even his name. It is now. <laughs> Hi, Ralph. Hey, yo-ho, Eddie. Jennifer from Kentucky. Since Eddie seems to think the St. Patrick's Day celebrations are just about the party, can we hear drunk Eddie complain that it's all just about the party and we aren't really honoring St. Patrick? <laughs> Love you. Mean it. Bye. Jennifer, what a great idea. <laughs> Eddie, who never gets drunk, we make him drunk here on the show by slowing down his rants by half speed. What would it sound like if drunk Eddie was drunk on St. Patrick's Day at the bar? <laughs> All the bars were closed. We'll never know what that would be like. We have to imagine, if you will, through theater of the mind here on The Ralph Report, what Eddie Pence would sound like complaining about St. Patrick's Day drunk on St. Patrick's Day <laughs> at a local bar. Looks I can't like see that close up. Something a foot from your face. It's gross. Eddie's drunk thoughts. I'm fine. Yeah, my teeth are working. <laughs> right, but now it's just a party. I don't like your tone. I'm just saying it's just a party now. Right? Yeah, but we're celebrating the good works. Of the man who drove the snakes out of Ireland. <laughs> no one knows that. You're missing. I mm. well, you're missing. The they point. just like wearing the green hats, the green bowlers, and drinking green beer. He fixed the druids. Oh, the druids. That's right. Finally, no someone, one knew who they were or what they were doing. 
the Druids. <laughs> There you go. That's oh, that's, that's drunk Eddie bringing everyone down at the bar on St. Patrick's Day. That's what that would sound like. Thanks, everybody, for calling in. So appreciate it. You, too, can be featured on the Garmy on the Line segment. But you know what you got to do? You got to call me. Call me. One where the green bowlers. Game bear. I think you're confusing them with the Riddler. <laughs> hey there, it's Ralph Garman here. I hope you're enjoying the show. And if you are, why not subscribe to the Ralph Report so you can hear it every day, Monday through Friday. For just 15 cents a day, you can be a one-star general supporter, and that will get you the show in your ear holes Monday through Friday. Of course, there are two, three, and four-star general levels as well which gets you more bonus content and more access to me. So if you like what you're hearing, why not subscribe? Go to patreon.com slash the Ralph Report. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash the Ralph Report. Subscribe today so you don't miss a thing. Uh, all right, now it's time for us to take a look in the rearview mirror. What happened on March 18th, this day in history? Ralph's about to solve another mystery Like is today the day some dude invented Listerine Or maybe a tyrant king married his sister queen Who knows, every day seems to be an anniversary The Garmy's rubbing Ralph's lamp So grant our wishes, please And tell us what went down this day in history On this day in 1662 The very first public bus service began oh. Happened in the city of Paris Ho <laughs> Everyone get on the bus. <laughs> Can you imagine the smell on a, nope, on a bus know. in Paris? How much the, smoke was on that bus? In the summertime in oh, 1662. Oh. Just just B.O. and cigarettes. Oh, oh, That's God. all you'd get. I can't even imagine. And uh, fromage oh. and uh, old berets. Mm, toilet water. Toilet water as well, yes. On this day in 1818, the U.S. Congress approved the first pensions for government service. Well, sure they did. Hmm. Taking care of themselves first, yeah. as always, that Congress. 1834, the very first railroad tunnel in the United States was completed. Must have been pretty ballsy to dig out that first railroad tunnel in 1834. Yeah. You're digging your way through a mountain just hoping <laughs> that it stays up. Let me hollow out much. a mountain and see how that works. See if that doesn't collapse on me. That happened in Pennsylvania, by the way. As well. Did it? Yeah. Nowhere particularly. No, just the good. Wasn't a particular location. In 1834, six farm laborers in Dorset, England, were sentenced to be transported to Australia because they dared to form a union. Oh God! So they put them on the six guys wow. made a union, and they said nope, and they sent them to the penal colony of Australia. Wow! That is that's that's Whitey trying to keep yeah. what's his. That right just there. shows you unions are a good thing. Uh, necessary. In 1850, two guys named Henry Wells and William Fargo got together and they formed a little company called the American Express in Buffalo, New York. Hmm. 1878, the city of Anaheim in California was incorporated for the second time. First time didn't quite take, so they had to do it again. <laughs> it's weird. Very strange. 1881, Barnum and Bailey Circus, traveling as the greatest show on earth, debuted at Madison Square Garden in New York City. Hmm. The Barnum and Bailey Circus would last for 146 years before it finally closed in 2017. Wow. That's quite a run. Yeah, it is. On this day in 1882, 
Morgan Earp is minding his own business, playing some billiards there in Tombstone, Arizona. And the next thing you know, he was gunned down through a window yep. by some cowardly curs Ugh. named the Cowboys. Yep. Huge mistake on their part. Yep. Because their brother Wyatt didn't cotton to that sort of behavior nope. at all. Nope. And things went very south for those guys. So run, you curse. Uh, run! Tell all the other curse the line's coming! You tell them I'm coming! And hell's coming with me, you hear? Hell's coming with me! Ah, I love that movie. I think it's the greatest modern Western still. Oh, so Have you ever been to Tombstone? Yes. That's so cool. It's so cool. So cool. You bird, can, you bird can, cage. You can literally go to the OK Corral. Yeah. You can go back where that famous gunfight took place. And let me tell you something. It's about the size of the Batcave here. Yeah. It's, it's, it looks like they were on a top studio of each other. apartment. Yeah. They were on top of each other. There's not a lot of room in that corral. Yeah. Yeah. It's, 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 it's crazy. Chilling. And the Birdcage Theater is very cool. Too. Very cool. Yeah. Uh, 1890 on this day, German Chancellor Otto von Bismarck, <laughs> Otto von Bismarck resigned after 19 years, after a disagreement with the German emperor, whose name was Wilhelm, <coughs> Wilhelm II. <coughs> Two screams for Wilhelm. Yeah, Wilhelm II. <laughs> Wilhelm II. Two Wilhelms. Wilhelm, Wilhelm. Wilhelm, Wilhelm. In 1902, Italian operatic tenor, or operatic tenor, uh, operatic. <laughs> Who would he operate on? Italian operatic tenor Enrico Caruso. The great Caruso, he was huh. known. One of the great opera singers of the early part of the 1900s. Yeah, him and Palazzo. I don't think. Is really? Enrico Palazzo. Oh, no. stop. Sorry. Enrico Caruso became the first well-known performer to make a phonograph record. No one was making records in really? 1902. He was the first guy to make a record. Wow, man. He was thinking ahead. He was. Copies of that record still exist to this day. They're not in great shape, as you can imagine, as you will also hear. Here is uh, Enrico Caruso singing opera in the very first record from a well-known performer from 1902. First record hard, ever. Hard to believe. Hard to believe indeed. <laughs> 1922 on this day, the first intercollegiate indoor polo championship was held between Princeton and Yale. Fuck everyone involved in that story. <laughs> Entitled rich dudes playing indoor polo championships yeah. with oh. their ponies. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Mm-hmm. Also on this day, in stark contrast, in 1922... British magistrates in India sentenced Mahatma Gandhi to six years imprisonment for the crime of disobedience. Wow. So there you go. He just said no. On one continent, Mahatma Gandhi is being put in jail for six years for saying no. On the other continent, I say, let's play some polo indoors. <laughs> let's get our polo ponies and bring them inside <laughs> because it's raining out. Ugh, fuckers. The world's weird. Yeah. Also on this day in 1922, the very first public celebration of bat mitzvah. Mm. 
was held for the daughter of Rabbi Mordecai Kaplan in New York City. Okay. I bet the bar mitzvahs were all willy-nilly, but the first bat mitzvah. Oh, I bet that was all That was the a big hook. deal. Yeah. 1931, the first electric shavers went on sale in the United States, thanks to the Schick Company. Oh, I bet those pulled like shit. I, have you ever used an electric razor? I, like right when I first started shaving, and I couldn't stand it. I think every man probably goes through this experimental phase where you're like, oh, those electric razors seem like that's the way to go. Yeah. You don't have to use water or lather or anything. I can just, uh, I'll just run that over. It looks super simple. <laughs> yeah, nope. Jesus Christ. It's fucking painful as shit. My face looked like oh. someone had taken barbed wire to it when it was over and not cuts, just no. like welts and raises and rashes yeah. and bumps. It was a nightmare. It's like taking a spring to your hair and then letting the spring close and then pulling the spring away from your hair. God, it was awful. It's a nightmare. That's another invention we still use that really hasn't been surpassed. It's the goddamn blade yeah, just straight, cut, cutting the hair off your face. Straight razor. Madness. <laughs> 1940, Benito Mussolini and Adolf Hitler got together and they decided to uh, team up against France and Britain. Those crazy kids. Mm. What could go wrong there? In 1952, the very first plastic lens used to replace the damaged lens of a cataract patient here in the United States oh. was operated on. Wow, and that worked? Yeah. Wow. Well, they do it easy peasy today. Now, but that yeah. just seems scary back then. You know what? It was, it was done even earlier in the UK. In the 1940s, there was a doctor named Harold Ridley in London, and he was caring for many of the RAF pilots who were injured in World War II. Yeah. And he found out these pilots were coming into the hospital, and they still had fragments of their aircraft's windshield lodged inside their eye. Oh, my God. Because often when they crashed or when they got shot down, those windshields would shatter and shards of the plastic would go into their eyes. Well, they wear goggles. And well, many of them did, but it Ugh. got through anyway. It's like Good a projectile man. going through Jesus. Your, your eye. So um, he found, he realized when he was treating for these guys that these fragments would get inside the eye and it didn't really cause them much trouble. I mean, it could stay in the eye right. and not cause uh, inflammation or it wasn't being rejected by the eye. And that's where he got the idea. He said, what if we could make a replacement lens and for the eye there. out of plastic? Just slice open the eye, pop it open, take that mm. lens out, mm -mm. put a new, God, no. put a new lens in, slap that sucker shut, and then boom, if you got Fuck. cataracts, you can see. Oh, no. It's a miracle. Man. You'd have to be really desperate to have someone operate on your eye. No, you don't. Yeah. I had it done. I had the laser. Uh, How'd that work? Well, they, they tie you down to a table. <laughs> yeah, of course. And they clamp open your oh, eye. Oh, it's frightening. And then they, oh, get, they get a little, no. little blade and just cuts, oh. you, cuts your eye just enough mm. so it doesn't cut it all the way off. It just makes a flap. Oh, they flap it? Yeah, they flap it. They got to oh, get damn in. damn it. And then they get the laser and they kind of reshape your lens and they, and then they, flap slap, it back? they slap it closed. How does it seal? Uh, just uh, hermetically, it's got its own sort of it natural just thing. Stays on there. But here's the thing. Oh, it it stays <laughs> when, oh, they, when they cut it. They can go back in for like up so to it stays flappy for how long? Up to like six to eight months afterwards, they can go. It back just in stays flappy. If you need to touch it, well, it's not just flapping in the breeze. That's like, what you're making it sound you like. Stick your head out the out the window. Yeah, your like you're going to open your eyeball up. Oh no, no, it adheres to itself. But if you need to, you, you can, can just you slip can it open, peel it back, oh, and get back in there. Fuck that, no, yeah. dude, it's no, a miracle. Uh, uh. Uh, uh, and my dad, my late dad, before he passed, he had the cataract surgery done where they go in and they bust up that lens. They suck it out. Well, cataract. They I put in a new one and you can see crystal clear. Well, I guess because you, nothing you can do with cataracts, right? Because you really can't correct it. You have no. to go in with surgery. Yeah. But the other thing, no. So uh, no. the first one in, uh, in the UK was performed in 1950. And then two years later, 
it happened here in the States. What if there's an earthquake while you're getting your eye flapped open? Yeah, well, I guess you have to run that risk that you're not getting eye surgery exactly the same time there's an earthquake. <sighs> That's what I think about. Do you? I'm just saying. As an aside, any guess as to what city the, uh, uh, the operation was done <laughs> in? <laughs> Flapadelphia. In 1965, do you wear contacts? I do. Imagine going in wearing contacts. It's a minute per eye. Yeah. Two minutes later, you get up, you're walking out, your vision is perfect. Imagine that, how that changes your life. It's crossed my mind to do it. It's magical. It's crossed my mind. I just can't afford it. It's expensive. Yeah, it's like, it's like two grand an eye. But you can, uh, you can, or a thousand bucks an you eye. You can uh, get a credit plan with them. Pay it mm, off. Pay it I off the installment. Know. But then plan. they say that it wears off. Has yours worn off? Well, your eye adjusts changes. over time. Yeah, no, changes. your eye changes. changes your your prescription time. changes. So naturally, your so you eyes have to go back in and get it again. Or you can, you know, my eyes were so bad. Uh, so I'm, I always forget how this works. I was. You can't see far away. I couldn't see far away. So you're so nearsighted. Nearsighted. Yes. I was so nearsighted that one of the reasons I did is that my prescription was so strong on my contacts and glasses that um, I I was having a hard time reading because everything was sort of... That's uh, what I'm like. I can't see my watch because I'm so far nearsighted. The the, the prescription was so strong, it was affecting my my close vision. So you don't get that problem as much when you do the the laser keratotomy or whatever. That's the same problem I have. I can't see But as I got older, my... Near vision went shitty anyway. So now I wear glasses to read, and (laughs) and so it's like, well, really, what am I going to do now? I I would have to go in and get a full lens replacement. Right, I would have to do it all over. Go for it. You seem all amped to get your eyes operated. It just seems like a lot of work. It does. Who knows how much time I've left? Really, (laughs) it's like at what point? At what point do you take the old beater of a car that you're driving around and really? I'm going to put in new seats. It's like you know what? This thing's total. Oh, I'm going to get yeah. It's It's just let me just drive it into the ground and then eventually. It's all going to be over anyway. That's a way to look at it. On this day in 1965, the Rolling Stones were each fined five pounds each mm. for public urination. What's five pounds translate roughly to? Uh, I don't know, 10 bucks? 10 it depends bucks? on what the exchange rate Not is. Bad. Not do, bad. I'd, I'd pee in public for 10 bucks. You'd pee in public for 10 bucks. If that was the only fine I really had to pee instead of running around the city trying to find a place to pee and the only fine was 10 bucks. I find it interesting that all the Rolling Stones got it together. <laughs> What are the odds five guys all all have to piss uncontrollably at the same moment? One guy pees like, you know what? I got to pee too. I don't think so. 1965, also on this day, the very first Poppin' Fresh commercial was aired with Pillsbury Doughboy. (laughs) Wow, look at you doing doing I got got a couple voices. Yeah, you do. (laughs) Here is the uh, very first commercial from 1965 for Pillsbury. I think they were selling their uh, biscuits at the time, and they used their beloved... Poppin' fresh Pillsbury Doughboy to sell them to you. Introducing. Hi, I'm Poppin' Fresh, the Pillsbury Doughboy. And here's a Poppin' Fresh idea. Pillsbury Flaky Biscuits. Nothing smells so good or tastes so good. Mmm, makes me want a biscuit. Sounds like R2-D2 is in the commercial. <laughs> it does, yes. 1965, cosmonaut Alexei Lenov. Was first person to walk in space. Oh, they beat us there, they right? Did. Yeah. The first time for walking in space was cosmonaut, <laughs> not astronaut. 
You know nothing from walking in space, silly Americans. In Russia, <laughs> space walks on you. Sorry. Still makes it's a living a joke doing that, that. Two people get. Still makes a living doing that. Yeah. I can understand why the Russians are kind of cheesed off. At one point, they were legitimately in the space race. Now, instead of walking in space, they, they're, they're walking in line for bread still yeah. and, and toilet paper. Yeah. Well, well so are we. We are. Speaking of paper, 1966 on this day, Scott Paper began selling paper dresses. Paper dresses? Paper dresses for a dollar each, and it became a national sensation. What? Yes. Women everywhere were wearing paper dresses in the 60s. Because it was fashion, Eddie, and you can make anybody do anything if you call it fashion. They had wild designs, and all the girls were wearing wacky paper dresses. That's crazy. You think it's crazy? In 1966, Scott Paper sold $3.5 million Holy worth of paper crap. dresses. Yes. And then about a year later, it was over as about I would as imagine. Going to the bathroom one time would ruin that. It's quite a fad. Well, actually, they were made out of that paper. You ever go to the dentist and you get the uh, the bib yeah. made? So it's like, it's like a plastic waxy feel on it's, one side? It's a very dense sort of paper. So it could last a couple wearings. Oh, but good. Don't get near a candle. Don't I wash guess, it. I guess is what you want to do. On this day in 1967, the Beatles... Got their 13th number one single in America. 13 singles Damn. at number one with this one. Penny Lane is in my ears and in my eyes. On this day, March 18th in 1989, Universal Studios opened up their ride, Earthquake, the big one. <laughs> what a great idea in Southern California to recreate a 7.0 earthquake at yeah. an amusement park. It's still terrifying when you go on it. It's now part of uh, the, the tour, but it's still terrifying. It's ridiculous. What are they, what are they thinking? <laughs> What's going to be next? Coronavirus? The the attraction over there, Universal? Stop playing off our biggest fears, you douchebags. All right. And this point in this day in history, you know, I like to run a food past Eddie Pence to see if it's something that he would either eat, stick up his ass, or pull out of his ass. And today is no exception. In 1959 on this day, President Dwight D. Eisenhower, Ike, as he was known, signed the... Uh, Statehood bill for Hawaii, making it our 50th or 49th? 49th. Alaska no, was 50th. 50th. Was it? Yeah, Alaska was 49. Oh. Hawaii was 50. Okay, there yeah. we go. We got it right. Our 50th state. Uh, <laughs> Dwight Eisenhower, besides being, of course, a uh, World War II hero, was also an accomplished cook, Eddie Pence. Did you know that? I did not know that. He enjoyed preparing food for family and guests there mm. at the White House. His favorite things to cook? were soups. He would make handmade soups. Not oh. handmade, but homemade <laughs> soups. Mold them with his hands? <laughs> mold them with his hands. He would make them from scratch. None of that Campbell can bullshit for Ike. No, he would get all the ingredients and make soup himself. His favorite soup, oxtail soup. A truly hearty military dish for a military man. Oxtail soup. Hmm. Boy, I love me a good oxtail soup. Uh, formerly... Oxtail referred to, well, as you can imagine, the tail of an ox, but really it's the tail of any cattle, usually steers they use now. They take the tail from the steer and then six quarts of water, two pounds of diced oxtail with carrots and onions and celery, leeks, some uh, garlic powder in there, some onion powder, some chopped peppers, 
some butter, crushed tomatoes, bouillon cubes, barley, parsley, you mix it all up, salt it to taste, and you got yourself Ike's Famous Oxtail Soup. I love a good oxtail soup, but does any pen? That's the question. I, I have a question. What what's with the what's with it being the tail? Why can't you use any meat of the animal? Well, you are using meat from the animal. Yeah, but like why would tail. You, why use a better piece of meat than the tail to make your soup? Listen, Richie Rich, with, your, with your 75 inch television <laughs> set. There came there was a time I in understand. America where you mm. ate anything I get that. that you could eat from a piece of cattle. I understand that. Once you already made some belts and shoes out of its skin, what <laughs> I, are you going to do with the rest I of it? I understand using eat it all. I understand using all parts of the animal that you kill. I get that. But I'm just saying as the president and you have means, why still continue to use the tail when you could have other parts they of the meat. They still make it to this your... day. You can still get oxtail soup. Really? Yes. Okay. It's a delicacy. It's delicious. Why is it a delicacy? Because it's delicious. And how many tails can you get off a steer? <laughs> that just seems like... that. How you're... many tails are there? How can it go from being the thing you have to use because there's no other part of the thing you can use anymore to being a delicacy? Well, it's like many foods. Like gumbo, for example, was made by slaves. At the time, right. it was considered whatever they had just laying around, they'd put into that right. dish. And now it's a now delicacy. Now it's a delicacy. You go to a restaurant, you specifically order the gumbo because it's so damn delicious. I know it's delicious. Well, I they like found gumbo. out that oxtail soup is also damn delicious. Wouldn't it be just as delicious as any other part of the animal in there? It would be a different soup. It wouldn't be oxtail does the, soup. Does the oxtail taste different than the ox leg or the ox shoulder or whatever? Sure it does. All right. Okay. Does does a uh, filet mignon taste different than a uh, a flank steak? Well, some of the meat's a little more tender and stuff, but I would imagine the tail different. would be tough. Tail isn't stringy. Tough. Not at all. It's quite good. All right, okay. Oxtail soup. Okay. Man, you know better than the president? I, I don't think so. I know better than some presidents. <laughs> I don't think so. How uh, we find out if Eddie Pence would eat it or not is we, uh, we well, we pull the handle of the patented Eddie Pence jackpot slot machine. If three of the items come up on the reels and they all match, that's a big payout. That means Eddie Pence would indeed eat the food. However, if they're mismatched, once again, and as you guess, you can tell which way this one's going, <laughs> there will be disappointment amongst the ranks of the Garmy. <laughs> And Ike himself, I'm sure, will be horribly disappointed. Let's find out, though. We're going to pull the handle. Here we go. One oxtail, two oxtails, three oxtails, three oxtails, two. After all that. I had some questions. Eddie Pence is eating the oxtail. Well, I, I, it sounds like something I would eat because I like, it's like, it's like almost like a, not a beef stew, but something along those lines. It's a hearty soup. It's, it's a not hearty. As, it's not as thick as, as a, a stew. It's but not it's, beef water. It's not right. beef water either. It's uh, it's oxtail soup. It's, it sounds like something I would get. I, like I've been on a I've been sort of on a soup kick lately. Like wow. I've been like more open minded to soups. Good man. Um, not creamy uh, <laughs> creamy based soups, but more yeah. like stews and stuff like that. Yeah, I've been. I've been willing to try, and I think that's something I would give a, I thought a shot to. The, the minute you started to dig deep into the oxtail just, lore, that that was going to be something you'd reject outright because of the part of the body that it is. I just wonder why it's used now. Why we'd use the tail now. I see back then, if times were tough and things you couldn't get a hold of, well, and you have they to made use it. it. They said, damn, this is good. Let's keep doing that. Yeah, I didn't know. And they, they still have tails. Well, I know, but it doesn't seem like a part of the, the, the cow or the ox that would be the most enjoyable to eat well you'd be surprised right. and when i give you a big steaming bowl of oxtail <laughs> soup you're gonna go oh i get it oh now. i get it now yes. yeah yeah i see 
Well, there you go. Well, I Eddie thought Pence. I'd try that. That one I would try. I would All try right. that. Eddie Pence. Doesn't Look how awful. far he's come. Thanks. Look how he's grown in the yeah, past year bit. and a half. A little bit. Our little boy is growing up. And that is This Day in History. I pity the fool who ain't been schooled by Ralph recently. He's dropping college-level knowledge with such accuracy. It got my head spinning faster than a drunk Eddie. And I'm rocking the back and track with a rap like a bad celebrity. I hope Cooperman loves my beats, because that rhymes with LMB. And that's a wrap for the Ralph Report today in history. Once again, it's time for the entertainment news in a segment I call the Showbiz Beat. Well, another victim to the coronavirus when it comes to cinema. Black Widow now has been pushed back by Disney. Man. The latest tentpole movie to shift its release date because of the coronavirus pandemic. It was slated to hit theaters May 1, but we don't know when we're going to see it God, now. Sucks. Or maybe they'll just do what Universal's starting to do, which is just throw it up on... Uh, on the premium on demand. Yeah, maybe. But this throws a wrench into the entire next phase of Marvel because all these movies are connected, so it pushes the whole slate down. All of these are pushing back all the slates of the major studios to the point where they're not even really sure what Uh, they're doing anymore. And the question mark around movie theaters in general, I think Cinemark, was it Cinemark? I think they just joined AMC with closing all of the theaters in the United States. God, I hope this doesn't kill the film and the, the movie going here's the thing industry. that has to happen once this all gets resolved and it will boys and girls at some point we will look back on this and talk about these times but they will be behind us you gotta go to the theaters in a big bad way yeah, and just, you gotta save it you gotta make up the because they're not gonna they're not gonna get the bailout that the airlines are gonna get no or many other businesses may be getting out so hold on to that thousand dollar check the president yes send you and <laughs> spend it all at the movies go see go see two movies <laughs> Speaking of movie stars and money, ah, oh, this was doing the right thing. See what Ryan Reynolds and his lovely wife Blake Lively did? No. They gave $1 million to coronavirus relief. Oh, good. They're the best. They, they really seem are. like a really cool couple. They gave $1 million that was to be split between Feeding America and Food Banks Canada because they're recognizing that as more and more people are losing their jobs or if they're gig workers and not making what they were making, Food insecurity, as it's now known, or hunger, as it used to be called, yes. is going to be a real issue in both Canada and the United States. And food banks are going to be stretched, really heavily thin, yeah. relied upon for families who can't get food by shopping at a grocery store because they simply don't have the income. There's been a lot of private citizens that are more well off that are helping out a lot, like Mark Cuban's doing it, yeah. Ryan Reynolds is yeah. doing it. A lot it. of people are stepping up. A lot of athletes are stepping up. Why are the, the corporations need to start stepping up? The ones that have billions of dollars that don't pay taxes need to step up in a big way and help out here uh, and stop relying on the private citizens. You're not it. wrong. I can't see why they couldn't offer some free product to certain factions yeah. of, of General the, Mills or whatever should could have a bunch. They could just they could, they need to, those companies need to step up and stop relying on private citizens to do this. You're absolutely right. Uh, Ryan Reynolds made the announcement on social media, starting off with the following statement: uh, "Coronavirus is an asshole." <laughs> That's why I love this guy. He uh, announced. His donation said, if you can give, these organizations need our help. Again, that's Feeding America and Food Banks Canada. He said, make sure fans take care of your bodies and your hearts and leave room for joy. Call someone who's isolated and might need a connection, which is a great advice. And then he said, Hugh Jackman's phone number is one five 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 crying emoji Hugh. So took a shot at his old pal Hugh Jackman when he had the opportunity. Oh. Speaking of things are getting moved and canceled, what are you going to do, Eddie Pence? What? WrestleMania 36, oh. although not canceled, is moving to an audience-free performance center yes. show. 
at the Performance Center in Orlando, Florida. Yes. Instead of Tampa Bay as originally planned. It will go on, but with no audience. Yes. What is professional wrestling without all it's, the goons it's in awkward. the stands screaming at Jim Smith or whatever <laughs> exciting, Smith. exciting wrestling Daniel names Bryan. they use now? Um, it's weird. They started doing it... Uh, Recently on their televised shows, their weekly televised shows, doing it without an audience, it's very... You guys throw up their arms and everything when they walk out to crickets? It's very awkward. Yeah. It's very awkward. I think it just uh, exposes the sport, I think, for what it is but, once yes, they come it's out. Yes, it's in the... It's in the uh, uh, just making faces to empty spitting seats. water on people. Oh, man. It's an it's a live event that is be, oh, that is a live o- event that only works well when there's an audience there. It's much like stand up comedy; it doesn't work without an audience. So why are they doing? I because they have storylines they have to follow, uh-huh. and eventually they have to resolve said storylines well, to move forward. Put them in a graphic novel. Yeah, put those storylines in a graphic I, it, novel it, and wrap it up. For it's all also of run us. by a crazy billionaire who thinks getting sick is a weakness. Oh my god! So. Can you imagine the level of a mind that watches wrestling? No, no, I can't, sir. I cannot. Ah, <laughs> uh, Lyle Wagner passed away. Oh no! You don't seem too upset. I am upset. Lyle Wagner was a, was a huge a, fan of a staple of our childhood. The whole cast. If you watched the Cowboy Burnett show back in the day, he was the handsome, good-looking fella. Had that, the best head of hair on that show. He sure did. Damn. He was a good-looking fella. He was uh, the hunk that used to be in all the sketches of yeah. the Cowboy Burnett show. Years later, he went on to play Steve Trevor opposite Linda Carter in The Adventures of Wonder Woman. And then he played Steve Trevor Jr. when they decided to take that series and take it out of the World War II era and make it the modern day era. So he played his father (laughs) and his son. son. Both Both linked to the same woman. He was almost Batman. Was he? Yes. The uh, producers sent two screen tests to ABC in 1965 to see who would play Batman. One was Adam West and Burt Ward. As Batman and Robin, the other one was Lyle Wagner and an actor named Peter Dayell as Batman and Robin. Wow. I wonder if it was the chemistry between Ward and West that sold it, or if it was the actual individual performance. It was it. it was both. But when you hear Lyle Wagner deliver it as if he's on a soap opera, and then you see Adam West's delivery, who, the, the guy who got it, who knew he had to be so ultra serious that it would be funny. You could you could tell it would have been a very different series if Lyle Wagner had played yeah. Batman. He had the physique for it. He certainly looked like Batman. Yeah. But the performance, here's a little bit of the screen test. You've done it, chum. Let's see, 222 Glover Avenue. That's a new discotheque. Well, watch the Riddler's game. Hold up the wealthy patrons. Well, it could be. It's a favorite haunt for high society. I just hope we're not too late. Let's go. I'll rip up the Batmobile. Oh, wait a minute, Robin. You're underage. They wouldn't let you in. Yeah. Not not quite the performance. Almost sounds like he belongs back in the original Superman series. (laughs) Yeah, right. He's playing it very straight. And Adam was the guy who got the joke and said, the more ultra serious I play this, (laughs) the more hilarious and ridiculous it will seem. And so uh, Lyle Wagner, 84 years old, passed away. And Ariana Grande had a bit of a scare. A crazed fan showed up to her home with a love note on Saturday. Mm. A man in his 20s just walked up to the front door and knocked on it, which what? seems like how? a flaw in security at how some point. How did that happen? Around 2 p.m., he knocked on the door asking to see her so he could hand deliver his romantic letter. And uh, Ariana Grande's property manager told the man that she wasn't home and then proceeded to call the police. He didn't like that. He was arrested for trespassing, and he subsequently 
spit on all the cops, adding God. a felony battery charge to his arrest sheet. Wow. Yeah. Hope he doesn't have the coronavirus. Oof. However, in his defense, the guy probably thought, if she would date Pete Davidson, yeah. I got a shot. I got I got to throw she, my hat in the ring. She has no stand. I think I I think I'm better looking than so this he is. So this is on her. And maybe even funnier. The guy oh. had to be thinking that. All right, let's take a look at today's celebrity birthdays. All these stars born on this day. Jerry Cantrell, the guitarist for Alice in Chains, is 54 years old today. Yeah, here come the roosters. Yeah. Actor Brad Dourif from Deadwood and Lord of the Rings and never forget the voice of Chucky in the uh, Child's Play oh, movies yeah. as well. 70 years old today. Country singer Charlie Pride is 86 years old. Can you imagine being a black singer in country music in the 50s trying to come up? No. And this guy became one of the biggest stars in country. Wow. You've got to kiss an angel good morning and let her know you think about her when you're gone. Kiss an angel good morning And love her like the devil when you get back home That's country right there. TV personality Mike Rowe from Dirty Jobs is 58 years old. Singer Adam Levine of Maroon 5 is 41. This love has taken its toll on me She said goodbye too many times before Her heart is breaking Rapper, actress Queen Latifah is 50. Drummer Darren Taylor of Airborne Toxic Event is 40 years old today. Uh, I couldn't help but retweet a tweet from the lead singer of that band who was bemoaning the fact they had to cancel their shows. Yeah. I was like, it's a bad time to be in a band called Airborne Toxic (laughs) Event. (laughs) Even if those shows were going on, who's rushing to see that show in this day and age? And stars... Sometime around midnight, or at least that's when you lose yourself for a minute or two. Comedian Dane Cook and well-known Dick is 48 <laughs> years old today. Do you know anybody who has a good thing to say about Dane Cook? No. I've never met one person who's interacted with him, worked with him, knows him, that says anything good yeah, about yeah. him. Yeah. Colossal yeah. Colossal Dick. <laughs> Actress Lily Collins, daughter of Phil, is 31 years old today. She was uh, Snow White in one of those many Snow White movies that oh, came she out was? about a year ago. Yeah. Oh. yeah. And singer Irene Cara is 61, best known probably for her work in soundtrack. She was in Fame, of course, and then, of course, uh, Flashdance. That's it for today's Celebrity Birthdays. I'm Ralph Garman. I walk the showbiz beat. But we're not done with entertainment news just yet. Oh, no. We've got our pal from the UK. Back in the UK, Mr. Steve Ashton with the UK Update. Oh, Ralph, you're the man who makes Edwin Buzz Aldrin look like Edwin (laughs) I Don't Eat Shit's Pence. (laughs) Thank you, sir. Did you know Buzz Aldrin's first name was Edwin? I did not know that. 
Yeah, his first name's Edwin. Anyway, look, the coronavirus is in the news. I don't know if you noticed. Really? I think I think someone would have said something. Well, unfortunately, D-Rad uh, doesn't have it, uh, but he's in the news. He's Daniel Reckless. <laughs> What's up with Harry Potter? Apparently, the burden of being called a child star fuels his drive and determination. Now, in an interview for Radio 4's Desert Island Discs, he's 30, by the way. Fuck me. D-Rad is 30 years old. How old does that make you feel? A hundred. Me too. He said, um, I remember his voice. I always have a part of my brain that is going. When I first walk into rehearsal room, everyone just thinks you're here because of Harry Potter. That's because you are. It's not because of your talent, is it, D-Rad? He said, um, so you have to make sure you're bringing something else to the table. What exactly is D-Rad bringing to the table, Ralph, do you think? I hope it's coffee. No, his fucking talents. Certainly not. He said, I've been insanely lucky. Fucking, you got that right. And I think I have a, a vague sense of guilt about having something so amazing happen to me so young. Let's face it, uh, because he, he is lucky because he's got no talent. He said um, he also admits struggling with the intense scrutiny of growing up in the limelight prompted him to seek solace in alcohol. He said... His drinking spiraled out of control when he began to panic about life after Harry Potter. He said, I definitely think there's a lot of drinking that happened towards the end of Potter and uh, for a little bit after it finished. It was panic and not knowing what to do next and not being comfortable enough in who I was to remain sober. And to be fair, Ralph, his continued success makes me want to drink heavily. <laughs> I, I can get that, yes. And also self-harm. Um, he also <laughs> went on to say... That it was a physical impediment, which was the secret of his Harry Potter success. He said, I have a slightly lazy eye when I'm tired and it will blink on its own. I walked into the room and looked at the director and gave him a one eyed blink. And he thought, who is this confident kid who just winked at me? Apparently, that was a large reason why I got a call back. I always thought that he was a massive winker. <laughs> Wrong vowel. You can do the rest of the work for yourself on that gag. Hey, the Spice Girls are in the news, Ralph. Yeah, let me hear it. Spice Girls star Mel C. Chisholm uh, has revealed the real reason that the iconic supergroup failed to tour Australia after reforming. Now, she revealed it was a fellow band member who pulled the plug on the concerts. She said, now she's from Liverpool, so let's do the voice. <clears throat> Unfortunately, when it came to decision day, someone wasn't quite ready to continue, she said, without naming names. But... Uh, she said, I would have been there in a heartbeat, she said. She explained that um, now that they owe the Australian fans a tour after generating plenty of excitement um, about the alleged tour to Australia, she said uh, the Spice Girls reported plans to tour Australia and to take on a Las Vegas residency. Uh, they have said to have been scrapped because of Jerry Horner's alleged feud with Mel B. Now, according to tabloids, Jerry and Mel failed to see eye to eye during their sold out UK tour last year, mainly because Mel B's eyes were crossed and out of focus. Because <laughs> of all the drinking. Right. Uh, it led to Jerry's refusal to hit the road with the cancel plans, meaning losing out on an alleged £50 million payday. Mm. Well, of course, because, because I don't know if you know this, but Jerry is married to a multi millionaire. Um, so why would you want to go out and, and hang out in Australia? Because mainly, it's full of Australians. Oh, stop it. Oh, I'm joking, of course. I lived there for a year in Sydney. I love the Australian people. They're a savage. 
and noble race, Ralph. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, look, I've got to go now, Ralph. I'm self I'm self isolating at the moment. Oh, good. Yeah, not because of coronavirus, mainly because of my crushing sense of low self esteem and lack of worth. Well, go wash your hands. Ta-ra. And it's Wednesday, and around here on Wednesdays, we like to take a look at a famous smash hit single recorded by an artist who was never quite able to recapture that magic again. They're known as One Hit Wonders. It's the One Hit Wonder! One Hit Wonder! One Hit Wonders. It's a very common tale. Today's request comes from Allison. She wanted to hear about a Scottish rock group that had a smash hit single, not only here in the States, but abroad as well in 1974. There were two guys named David Patton and Billy Lyle. They were uh, briefly substitute members of another huge Scottish music sensation in the 70s, the Bay City Rollers. They were substitute members of that band. I don't know how you sub out members of a band, but apparently they were. Anyway, uh, they left that band and they put their own band together. Their debut album was called From the Album of the Same Name, and there was a single on that album that was produced by the legendary Alan Parsons that became a smash hit single for that band, not only in their home country of Scotland, but all over the UK and the United States, Canada as well. In fact, it was uh, number 12 in Australia. Number 39 in Germany, it didn't do so well there, but number six in Ireland, number eight in the Netherlands, 11 in South Africa, number five here in the States. It is still around. You can still hear this song. It's called Magic. The band was known as Pilot, and here's today's One Hit Wonder. By 1978, it was all over for Pilot. All the members had split up and gone on to other projects. But as I mentioned, the song lives on. It's been in a ton of soundtracks. Happy Gilmore used it in that film. Uh, yep. Herbie Fully Loaded. You could hear that song in there as well. The song was used in the trailer for Mr. Megorium's Wonder Emporium. Uh, the Selena Gomez did a cover of Magic on the soundtrack of the Disney Channel television series Wizards of Waverly Place that she was a star in. It was released as a single back in 2009. Here's Selena's version.
catchy tune. It is. If you're thinking to yourself, I feel like I know that song, it may be because you can see it on television these days. Because as I've often said, good one-hit wonders never die. They just become TV commercial jingles. <laughs> and so the folks who make Ozempic, the diabetes medication, have bastardized <laughs> the song. It's magic. And now you can hear it regularly in rotation in this TV commercial for Ozempic. Once weekly, Ozempic is helping many people with type 2 diabetes like James lower their blood sugar. I guess they figure most people who liked that song in the 70s probably need diabetes Ozempic. medication now. So we're going to sell them, sell them our drugs with one of their favorite old tunes. Thank you, Allison, for asking for that one. That was Pilot's Magic from 1974, and it was today's One Hit Wonder. It's a One Hit Wonder! One Hit Wonder! One Hit Wonders. It's a very common tale. Thanks so much for joining us today, boys and girls. Hope you had a good time. I know we did. We're going to have some more fun tomorrow. It is a Thursday show. That means we're going to fling open the doors of that esteemed Institute of Learning, Ralph Sex University. Now, all classes have been canceled on campus of Ralph Sex University, oh. but we will be teaching remotely. Oh, you offer online courses. I'm offering okay. an online course today, very so very you can still attend class and not worry about <laughs> being contagious uh yeah usual stuff we're gonna have a good time but it's not as much fun if you don't join us please come back won't you love you mean it bye <laughs>